to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And today we are joined by Jim Shirk. A, I guess uh, he hasn't been around as long as I thought on the M-Band, but he's been around as an apologist for a long, long time. And so uh, we have been meaning to get him, him on the podcast for a long time, and now today is the day that we get to uh, be graced by Jim Shirk. On, uh, on Tag Your Ed Podcast. The name is Shirky, and I'm glad to be here. Shirky, yes. Shirky. Man, I really don't know how to pronounce Hey, it's, it's kind of like reading that's the right. Old Testament. That's right. You know, we all got different ways to say names. <laughs> so anyway, thank you uh, for being with us and also being able to um, come into the studio. He's also a, he's a Springfield guy. That's right. So he's another one of those Springfield apologists that you guys, uh, you know, he'd be he would more than he'd be more than happy to come and uh, talk about apologetics and different things um, at your churches, um, especially here in Springfield, too. But, you know have questions will travel right that's right all right <laughs> so one of the cool things about jim and i is we have a mutual connection from about 30 years ago actually and that is not an exaggeration the guy who was the pastor of the church that started the church that i grew up in is of course a mutual friend of jim and i a man by the name of ken James and Ken James, of course, is a retired pastor in Arizona, but he was the first person that I ever heard talk about cults, the first person I ever heard use the word apologetics, and that was back like in 1990. And so at that same time, he was working beside Jim in the home mission boards, what in the home mission boards uh, apologetic ministry, which was called what interfaith witness. the Interfaith Witness Department. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, hey, um, we have, as always, prepared a few questions for our guest. And uh, because many people don't know you, Jim, just give us a little bit of a background about how you got into teaching apologetics. Uh, tell us a little bit about the background that kind of drew you into this idea of sharing your faith with people who are lost in cults. Yeah. I, I wish I could answer that question, but I really can't. I don't know where my interest in other uh, belief groups came from. I know it started at a rather early age, uh, and I guess my first encounter with that was a friend of mine who was uh, in a very devout Catholic family, uh, complained one day because he had to go home and have dinner and they were having fish, and he says, I don't know why it is, but every Friday we have fish and I hate it. <laughs> and he walked home, and I thought, isn't that strange? Uh, he's a believer in this, but has no no uh, no reason for why they do it. Uh, <laughs> I later encountered uh, uh, a young lady at um, uh, when I worked at the grocery store. She was a checker, and I was a carryout boy, and uh, we were scheduled to go on uh, break together one evening. And I said, let's go down to the drugstore, and I'll buy you a Coke. And she said... I don't believe in drinking Coke. And I thought, hmm. I'd never heard of that. Uh, so I, that kind of registered a little bit. And then a few years later in the military, uh, a guy came down into my room uh, with his fatigue pants on and a T-shirt. And he had these three little patches on his T-shirt. 
and uh, inadvertently I made fun of him because of his patched t-shirt. He told me I offended him and I apologized like crazy and begged his forgiveness. He finally forgave me and I then I asked him what his t-shirt was all about and he couldn't tell me. So really my, my background, my interest in other faiths has, has really uh, almost always been there. No one particular thing was the thing that, uh, that got that started, uh, but it has always to me served to, uh, as a buttress for my faith uh, to uh, ensure me that the things that, that I believe are correct. Uh, my favorite saying is to know what you believe and why you believe it. Mm. And so that has been a big part of that. But I've had an interest in other faiths because of that and when the opportunity came to be trained uh, by Ken James in Mormonism, I uh, I couldn't wait to, uh, to sit through that. Yes, I mean, uh, from what I hear from you, um, and it's something that we sort of talked about earlier before we start the started the show anyway, um, but it's just that, that relational aspect. So you, you come across people and, uh, you know, Hopefully, you know, you grew up under good teaching yeah. um, in church and that you're, you're not just uh, trying to argue, right? No. But you're trying to meet people and then you're hearing like, wait, she doesn't just not like Diet Coke. It's not just, yeah. I don't prefer the taste of yeah. it. It's like the word, I don't believe yeah. in drinking Diet Coke yeah. kind of, huh? what's yeah. believe, <laughs> you know? And so it really, you, you, you started in this apologetic thing because you wanted to know the person yeah. and what they believed. Um, and really why yeah. they believed that, where that came yeah. from. Yeah. And so instead of it just being a academic challenge, right, it's more of like, how do, you know, how do they know what they believe? I want to know what they believe so that what, what is the end result in your world? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jim, that's something that I really do admire quite a bit about you. Uh, the first time Jim and I met was at the Mud House here in Springfield. Uh, we actually organized it. We didn't just randomly meet. Uh, and he came to First Baptist Buffalo, spoke on cults in general, and then he came back and spoke on Mormonism. And one thing that always immediately grabbed me about you, Jim, was that your goal wasn't to argue. It wasn't to, let me show you where everything in your faith is wrong. It was, let me hear you. And then let me share the truth with you. And that's something that I greatly appreciate with you. And I think some of that does connect a little bit with your background and training because um, you have a unique kind of history that a lot of people who are current apologists in our Southern Baptists don't really have. And that was you were trained by the Home Mission Board of the Southern Baptist mm -hmm. Convention. Now, of course, the North American Mission Board. And that training was essentially an interfaith witnessing, right. not so much in like apologetics training. So how has that kind of influenced you and, and what were some of the strengths of that and uh, what were some of the deficiencies and, and, and uh, just kind of give us a yeah. little bit of insight on that background. I, I think that there were some definite strengths uh, that the North American Mission Board had. Uh, one of them is Ken James is an excellent, excellent teacher. Uh, and, and he did a very good job presenting the information. Also, the, the literature that they give you, the book that they teach uh, on these different topics is very well done, very well written. And I still have those books in my library and still use them once in a while. But uh, I think that's definitely the, the positive aspect of the training that they provided. A negative side of it to me, and, and it's probably more my fault, 
uh, than, than theirs, as a matter of fact, it is more my fault, is the fact that I didn't take that from learning about Joseph Smith and Mormonism, but it's learning how I could use that information to interface with, uh, with uh, a Mormon and begin to share with them. My, my philosophy has become, it isn't a matter of who's right and who's wrong. It's a matter of what's right and what's wrong. I don't want to make them uh, look wrong so I can be right. I want them to understand that we're talking about uh, our eternities. And, and, and that's, that's the base question is, where are you going to spend your eternity? And if you put your faith in a religion, uh, it's, not a good, it's not a good mix. See, that's one thing that I mm-hmm. noticed, at least as I kind of jumped into apologetics and then, of course, took a class on cults in seminary. It was, look, I can prove to you objectively that Joseph Smith is a horrible person. I can prove to you objectively that... Charles Taze Russell didn't read Greek or Hebrew, knew very little about Christianity, and in fact was a liar and manipulator. I can prove that J.R. Rutherford was essentially a manipulator, but that doesn't get me anywhere in what is really the point of me proclaiming the gospel to you. And that kind of brings me to this next question because one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here is because you've organized a conference that's going to occur here in Springfield on November 1st at... November 7th, thank you. <laughs> I knew you knew the date, and I didn't. November 7th, there at Golden Gate Baptist Church. Southgate. Southgate, gosh, Southgate, there you go, man. Yes. I'm like wrong all over the place. <laughs> Southgate Baptist Church. Uh, you've attended a lot of conferences. You've spoken at Apollocon. You spoke at Witnesses for Christ Midwest. Um, you've been at these conferences, and you've noticed a deficiency in many conferences. Um, what is... Is it specifically about the conference that you're going to be hosting here that actually addresses some of those deficiencies that we've actually uncovered? This has become a, uh, uh, a kind of a uh, heartthrob of mine is to take it to the next stage. Uh, instead of training people what Charles Taze Russell or Joseph Smith, who they were and what they dreamt up, but it's how to uh, teach our people how to effectively interface with them and the approach that I've used for years now is to know some of the false uh, uh, prophecies in their belief system and 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 then to confront them with that not uh, not argumentatively but just ask a question and I've done that for several years now I've not led anyone to Christ at my doorstep but I've given them some things to think about as far as their own belief I haven't ridiculed them and said, you know, you knuckleheads believe this silly thing. I just said, what about that? And then that opens a conversation. So what we want to do with this conference coming up uh, on November 7th at Southgate is to show people uh, some opportunities, some ways that they can develop a method of interfacing with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons specifically. Yeah, no. So, like, uh, whenever you're talking about that, um, what are just a couple like key points in uh, interfacing with them that you'd we'd share with us today yeah. that they would hear a little bit more expanded okay. on at the conference? Sure. Yeah. One of the ones that that I have used, uh, uh, well, before I even began studying Mormonism, I basically knew enough about Mormonism to be dangerous. And one night, uh, my mother and I had uh, a couple of Mormon missionaries. Uh, 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 at her house and we were sitting there and I'd read a little bit about the LDS faith 
And as we were sitting there, I asked, and we did we didn't give them a chance to give us their canned spiel. What we were doing is we said it's going to be a question and answer period, so that took that off the table altogether. Yeah. But I asked uh, the the one missionary who spoke the most, and I took him to be the senior missionary of the two. But I said, I understand that you uh, you guys believe that uh, that God has a body of flesh and bones like you and I do. And he said, uh, well, yes, I, yes, we do, uh, which kind of takes away the uh, omnipotence of God, I mean, mm-hmm. omnipresence of God. So I said, okay, then I understand that you also believe that this God that has a body like we have came to earth. Do you believe that? And he said, uh, yes. And I said, well, do you believe that this God with this body like you and I have came to earth and had a normal physical sexual relationship with a young lady named Mary and she became pregnant and the result of that is the birth of Christ. Do you believe that? And he said, yes, we do. And I said, do you believe in the virgin birth of Christ? And he said, yes, we do. And I Hmm. said, okay, we're going to stop talking about theology. We're going to talk about physiology for a minute. (laughs) I said, do you understand what you just said? That Mary had a sexual encounter and she gave birth to Christ, so she's no longer a virgin. I said, how do you explain that? And so help me, guys. He stared across the room at a blank spot on my mother's wall for must have been 15 seconds in total silence. Hmm. And he came back and said, I, I don't know. And I said, well, I think it would be incumbent upon you and your own uh, eternity to go back and ask your leaders, how does that happen? Because those two things just do not fit together. And I said, I I think you need to find that out because that's important. If they'll not be truthful with you about that, what else are they being untruthful about? Yeah. And so it's uh, something like that. I don't know. I've seen a a meme like that to where it kind of attacks the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, in that situation, you just demolish the guy's brain. Yeah. You know, and that's that's an image bearer of God. That's somebody that's been lied to and confused. And so, you know, what do you do after that? I mean, yeah, you say, you know, go back to your leaders. um, But is there anything else that we could do um, as ones that would demolish an argument, you know, raised against the knowledge of God, right? Um, How how could we be gentle, respectful um, in that moment where this person is pretty much maybe one question has shattered their whole foundation? Well, I I think, first of all, I I try to approach these things not from a point of showing them that they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, if, if they come to the conclusion that they're wrong, I want that to be a conclusion that they came to. I don't want to push them into that. And so uh, when you take, uh, like, for example, the book that James Spencer wrote, uh, Have You Witnessed to a Mormon Lately? Uh, he says, and this is the first, time, first place I heard this, but he said, once you discover the fallacy of an incorrect faith, in this case Mormonism, it took him seven years to get out of it Hmm. because he had been taught forever that everything else is wrong. And so now if what he believes is wrong, that means nothing is right. Hmm. And so how do you get from the point of I'm wrong, you're right, to I'm wrong, you're right? Well, and then there's that element of, and I think this is so key, Rather than have that person who pointed out that we were wrong, 
be someone that we resent and hate. Yeah. Where can I spread the seeds of hope? Like, and when you get that answer, you come back to me because yeah. yeah. I care for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you tell me where I'm wrong. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, does that make sense? Rather than put that person out of their faith and into the abyss of nothingness yeah. and no faith, I want them to actually come seeking the Christian who actually has the Word of God and actually mm-hmm. has the answer and has demonstrated this in an incredibly loving and compassionate yeah. way because they actually were concerned about me. I had a 45-minute uh, encounter uh, with a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses, a man and his wife. Uh, and I went in and got folding chairs, and we sat down and, and talked for 45 minutes. But at the end of that, he said, and, and he is a uh, uh, an elder in the uh, in the local kingdom hall, but he said, you know, I need to say something to you before I go. And I said, okay, what's that? And he said, I've done this for 45 years now, and I've never had anyone do what you did today. Hmm. to sit down and actually dialogue with us. He said, I'm used to doors being slammed. I'm used to being cursed at. But he said, I've never had anyone do this to me, and I've knocked on a lot of doors. And I said, well, there's no point in me ridiculing you or you ridiculing me. That doesn't get us anywhere. We need to reason together. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about our eternity here. So we need to know what's true and what's not. And he's been back since then. He wrote me a letter recently. And so I think once the COVID thing is over, uh, they'll be coming back. But I've developed a trusting relationship, I feel, with he and his wife. Yeah. And I've not, I've not ridiculed, made fun of, uh, you know, any of those kind of things. I welcome them uh, into, into conversation. So help me a little bit, uh, because obviously we are in COVID and JWs aren't knocking on our door, and I haven't seen any Mormon missionaries out and about. I think they're all kind of uh, quarantined in some type of way, and I don't know if that's the actual uh, definition of what they're doing at this particular point, but I'd imagine that they're spending a great deal of time actually training and equipping, yeah. right? Like, I'm thinking these are strategic people, and they're yeah. going to come out Probably with more, uh, with a more verbose and more enthusiastic tone than they probably have in the past. And so, as we probably get re-indoctrinated by them, because I think that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. What can we do? What are some of those uh, key points that you use, and even that are going to be shared at the conference, and how to have a more uh, rigorous faith? conversation with these folks well guys i think you got to start with knowing what you believe and why you believe it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know uh, spending some time with like the baptist faith and message as a point to start at and to use that to dovetail to other things that we can read i know rob phillips has written some excellent books on baptist theology so have a good sound understanding of what you believe and why you believe it I'm not a Baptist because my grandpa was a Baptist. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I'm a Christian. And and so knowing what that is, why you're a Christian, is a good place to start. And then you can begin comparing that to some of the other faith groups that are around us. And based upon that, then, you can ask them a question about a particular question. Uh, for example, in, in Jehovah's Witness life, they believe that Christ was Michael the Archangel. When he came to earth and he was Christ and now he's Michael the Archangel again. Well, I've asked them the question, 
can you show me in Scripture where it says that? And the first time I asked that was, as a matter of fact, this couple that's been back several times, the first time I asked that question were two ladies together. And the one lady started flipping through her Bible. I could see she was doing it very nervously. And finally she said, well, I, I don't recall where that's at. I think it's in Revelation. I said, well, that'd be a good place for it. And she said, do you hmm. mind if I research that and come back? And I said, oh, that'd be great. I'd love it. Two weeks later, they came back. It was she and her husband this time. And that's when we sat and talked for 45 minutes. And, and that where they get that is the passage that says, when Christ returns, it'll be with the sound of Michael the Archangel. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't the voice, say yeah. it will be yeah. Michael the Archangel. So it's where they've extracted something out of Scripture and built a theology around it. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the conference. I think that that is a key thing because who's going to be speaking and why have you invited people? I mean, give us just a little bit of even why we should be there. I think that's a key piece. Exactly. We've got, we've got some ideal speakers, and I am so pleased with the people that we got. First of all, Rob Phillips from the Missouri Baptist mm -hmm. Convention, the director of the Interfaith of, of uh, the Apologetics Network, will be, uh, we'll start with a, with a message on how to identify cults. And that's a good place to start. You got to, if you're going to go deer hunting, you don't know what a deer looks like. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then we'll have uh, a couple named uh, Sean and Dixie uh, Wise from Utah. Mm -hmm. These people, I am so pleased to get these folks on our uh, program. These folks are sixth generation ex-Mormons. Mm -hmm. They go back to the time of the pioneers. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're talking about six generations, 180 years back. So he's in, in a family of people that may have known Joseph Smith. Yeah. And so they're going to be here. And, and they're a phenomenal couple. I've not met them. I've seen them on, on a video. Very, very humble, servant-oriented people. They work in a evangelical church now in Utah, uh, working with former Mormons and current Mormons. So they're going to be speakers. They'll share their testimony and their story in the morning. And then in the afternoon, uh, Will Hoffman is going to interview them on witnessing techniques. Hmm. Uh, another person that's going to be uh, part of our program, and he's a member of the Apologetics Network, is Charles Smith. Yeah, Charles is a, either a second or third generation Jehovah's Witness that is now a Christian. His story is phenomenal. I met him many years ago in Joplin. We were doing an interfaith witness awareness conference down there, and we were sitting next to each other at dinner. And so I just struck up conversation with him and asked him what he was going to be doing. And he said, well, he's going to be speaking on Jehovah's Witnesses. I said, okay, how did you get interested in that? And he said, I used to be one. <laughs> so I dropped my fork about them yeah. and I said well tell me about this and long story short he became a Christian in a kingdom hall hmm. he discovered by reading on in scripture where the guy was speaking from that day that he could be saved and know it for eternity right now Amen. and he said it's like somebody turned light on Yeah. and so he's going to be sharing his testimony he's just a dear friend and I think the world of him so he and his wife will be here, uh, and then I will interview him in the afternoon on witnessing techniques with Jehovah's Witnesses. But the whole thing is going to be geared around how do we take the truth of the gospel and and begin to break through the the cloud that they have that they're stuck in in, in, uh, in a cult. 
So not just educating yeah. people. Let me tell you more about Mormons. Let me tell you more about yeah. Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. It is no, no. Let me show you how to give them the gospel. Yeah. Let me show you how to turn it into a gospel conversation. And the it, big, and the big thing to you know really point out is: Do you believe the gospel yeah. first? You know, you got to know. Like you've you've already said, you've got to know what you believe yeah. um, before you really can get into this kind of stuff with them because yeah. you have to be standing firm yeah. in your word. And I know um, even uh think in a life way um, Sunday school material just a few years ago, um, it was something so simple is, um, is whenever you check for counterfeit bills, right? Yeah. Do you, do you go yeah. around and find all the fake ones and study each individual fake one? Or do you study the real thing? Yeah. Know how it feels um, know how it looks, know the materials, all that kind of stuff. Do you know the real thing to the whenever you pick up the fake yeah. thing? Yeah, you know what it's, what it's like. And I mean, that's a simple yeah. little thing. And it's even in, again, again a Lifeway, uh, you know, Sunday school sure. curriculum. But I mean, that's uh, just something so simple that, that then can be yeah. be taught. You got to know the real thing. Yeah. That's, and that's, so that's it's wonderful that uh, hopefully, you know, the people that come to this conference, if you guys uh, want to go um, and get into this, we'll make sure they get the information out. But just knowing that one thing, you first so before you go out. Give me just a few little pieces here. How can one be involved in the conference? What okay. do they need to do? Yeah. yeah. It's the conference can, you can, you can register, you need to register for the conference. Uh, and you can do that by going to the Southgate website, southgate.com. And on the front page, go down to the lower right-hand corner, it mentions the Apologetics Conference. You can click on that and you can sign up to either be there live, and we're holding the attendance live to, uh, I think, 80 people so we can be observant of the uh, uh, coronavirus restrictions. Or you can sign up online and we can take people from around the world. And I, I would really uh, appreciate you uh, signing up if you're going to attend online so we get uh, a good idea of how many people uh, are, are watching in. And that way we would know, okay, should this, is this something that we can, uh, can do more of? This is going to be done on, uh, on uh, uh, live stream and... Uh, and so it's it's going to be available to everybody at no cost. Cool. So yeah, so. I just put a link to the registration right there, mm -hmm. okay. and uh, it is now on the website. And then actually, I'll just throw. Yeah, I think that was good enough there. But man, uh, Jim, do me a favor here. We always invite our apologists that come on to just help us uh, know a little bit about how apologetics has changed your life and how you've seen it change the lives of others. Yeah. It, is, it has changed my life because it, it's made me understand a little more about what I believe and, and mm -hmm. anything that I would have a question on, my, on what I believe to research that and, and to be firm at what I believe. And so uh, that's been very important to me. And every time I study things in the apologetics area, it serves that purpose. Yeah, so whenever you got into apologetics, I mean, really... and. From my life too, um, but you got into apologetics because you had to practice apologetics to yourself, right? So, so yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah, and so that I mean that's seeming to be a theme. So you had areas of unbelief in your life. Well, I, and, I wouldn't really say that. Yeah. I, you know, you take the the base word apology, it means to defend the faith. Yeah, and so I felt a need 
to be able to adequately defend the faith. Yeah. And to me, it wasn't a question of faith. It was, am I prepared, like the passage in yeah. which Peter says, to always be prepared. And so I think that's kind of what I was doing, was yeah. preparing myself for those encounters. Yeah, because there'd be people to come, yeah, in that situation. But, you know, from yourself, you know, you get into this, well, I, how do I answer them? And then, because you didn't know. Yeah. The answer, and so then you had to search the scriptures, right, right. and then that edified you. Mm-hmm. So you know how, um, what areas in your life have been like, ma- like, were key areas that I guess you can say that stuck at, stick out in your brain even to this day. Like, what are what are some understandings that you had trouble with that now you have, and now like you're you're standing firm. Well, first of all, it's it's a thing of a basic doctrine, yeah, such as the Baptist faith and message. Uh, you know, what salvation is. I never doubted my salvation, but to really understand what that is, uh, to understand other aspects uh, of our belief system, what we believe, why we believe it. Mm-hmm. And so it, is, it has uh, served to shore those things up a lot. Yeah. Sorry about my oh, phone yeah, call. <laughs> what was my mom and dad? I'm oh, um, sure we all that, turned that, uh, our phones off. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, the cool thing about this, uh, you know, podcast, if you're, you know, like you're getting the full experience now. Anyway, we're very informal. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's fun. It's I hope that everybody that listens and that's on live online, I hope they feel like they're in my home um, <laughs> and they're a part of the conversation versus this high and mighty little podcast or something because it's yeah. definitely not that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you feel nice and welcomed. In. I certainly, do. I certainly <laughs> do. We've been hospitable. Well, but, so yeah. just let me do just brief summary. We're going to have Dixie Wise, and her husband's name is... Sean. Sean and Dixie Wise, yeah. converted Mormons. They're like six-generation Mormons. Yeah. Then, uh, after that, we will have individuals who are... Um, who are... Sorry, is going to be an important phone call. I'm going to have to get it here in a minute. Uh, we're going to have Charles Smith, the converted JW, mm-hmm. and then we are going to have individuals uh, like Will Hoffman and you who are going to interview them. Yeah. And of course, Rob yeah. Phillips will start it off. Mm-hmm. Which so, pretty much everybody's been on our show now. So we've had Will. Yeah. And we've had Rob a bunch of times. Now we had you and Charles Smith. So, yeah. I mean, um, you know, everybody that's been on our show, um, if you wanted to meet them, this is a good opportunity if you can. Uh, like you said, you got that eighty-person cap or whatever. Yeah. So get on there right now. Yeah, and exactly. sign up to go. And it's just Southgate. It's just it's here in Springfield. It's yeah. something close. It's about two and a half yeah. miles south of uh, James River uh, Freeway on South Camp. Yeah, so you can get a hold of Will Hoffman while you're there and talk to him about UFOs. That's right, <laughs> as well as everything else. That's right. Yeah. Rob Phillips will be there with uh, with a lot of his books too, and mm-hmm. he's an excellent author. Has written some tremendous. Yeah, we showed off all nine of his books uh, when we had him on the show. Last week, yeah. (laughs) So, well, hey, I think that kind of wraps things up. So we do have a little way that we end things normally. You probably haven't watched a whole lot of the programs or listened to them, but... Uh, Adam will give you the the yeah. coaching advice on this as we come to our conclusion. Well, yeah, you know we like to conclude our show as everything we do for the glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. So we do the whole uh, Reformation, Soli Deo Gloria type thing. So it's three words, it's three people. I'll start off, and we'll uh, let Dave finish. Oh so my! I take Soli. And then you you'll take say Deo, Deo, and then I'll say Gloria. All right. I won't so, say it near yeah. as well as Adam does, though. Eh, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, you have to look in the camera. 
with your finger pointing in it and go, Gloria, you got to gotcha. get that, that throaty thing. But anyway, so yeah, guys, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the live cast and everybody that downloaded the podcast. We thank you uh, so much for uh, just, again, letting us into your lives. We hope that this edifies you. Um, we hope that this conference, uh, um, you know, if you get on even online, please register so that they know um, if there's any information or anything available there that they can send you. Um, if they know who you are, um, they can get that stuff to you. But anyway, uh, check this out. Um, we'll, we'll make sure that all the links are out there. But uh, just come. And uh, the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network is about being human resources and we make resources or can help guide you into resources if you're not um, so privy to a lot of apologetic stuff. So um, find one of us um, via email, phone call, out on the street, in your church, whatever. And uh, we can, since we're in it, we'd love to share information and uh, help you become, um, you know, more apologetically minded so that, you know, you can go and preach the gospel, defend the gospel, um, make disciples is the biggest, uh, you know, thing that we we're called to do. So anyway, with that said, this is the Tacuate Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And? Jim. And with that said, Soli. Dale. Gloria. Gloria.